It's the biggest barn find in automotive history. A collection of 36 cars, one for each year the Corvette was produced from 1953 to 1989. That vanished. 30 years later, those same 36 cars were found gathering dust in a New York City garage. And now, that collection is being brought back to life and given away. The Lost Corvettes. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Lost Corvettes podcast. Uh, this is Chris Mazzilli, and we have an amazing show for you today. I'm really, really excited. Uh, two great people, real, real car guys. Uh, with us today is Sean Finnegan. He's the head of corporate events for GM. And then Harlan Charles, he's the Corvette and Camaro marketing product manager. I mean, two awesome guys. So guys, welcome. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank us. you. The afternoon. Thank you. Yeah, no, no. It, it's uh, and Harlan, you know, we uh, I was fortunate to meet you in 2011 at one of the uh, NCRS Nationals. You actually gave me an award for my 71 five-star bow tie car. You know, and and you were complete gentleman. You uh, you answered all my questions. Although that's when the C7 was coming out, and I tried to pick your brain, and you you were you didn't give up anything. It's like you know. If you ever got captured by the Russians, you would never give any U.S. secrets up. That's for sure. That's right. Yeah, that's how they train us. Can't yeah. yeah. Got to keep keep good secrets, especially uh, recently with the with the mid-engine Corvette. That was probably the biggest secret we've ever had. Well, you talk about a home run. I mean, that thing is a world beater. You guys really outdid yourself. I mean, stunning to look at the performance. You know, even in the base, you know, format with the LT2 is off the charts. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know I mean? That thing can compete with anything that's three, four times the price. Oh yeah. And that, that's our goal with Corvette. We in all Corvettes throughout time, but especially now we want to, we want to offer the dream car to people that may otherwise not have been able to get one to afford it, whatever their fantasy sports car is, the ultimate thing that they want to have. And, and there's always a story, and, and I'm sure you have one, that one time when you were growing up, you saw a Corvette and you said, I'm going to have one one day. And the nice thing about this new Corvette, we're getting a new generation that's interested in Corvettes. You know, it's awesome. Well, it, it is awesome. I mean, you know, you know, have a base price of 59995 for that car is just, it's remarkable, and you're exactly right. You know, like, look, I've been a car guy all my life. My father worked for Chevrolet. I grew up in a Chevy household. It was all Chevy, Chevy, Chevy all the time. And, you know, in, in the circles I travel in, there are people talking about Corvette now that would never talk about it. You're talking about Ferrari guys, Porsche guys. They're all taking a look at this car and going, you know what? You can't beat it for the money. I mean, you know, in, in years past, and I'm going, like, back to, like, you know, the C3, C4, you know, C5 days, people would say, yeah, it performs well, but this is an issue or that's an issue. Now it's like, what do you think to complain about? There's nothing. The interior is stunning. You know, the car looks great. It performs. I mean, what else is out there? You, there's nothing else out there right now in the marketplace that you can compare to this car. Period. You know, unless you want to spend two, three, four, five times the price, you know. And what I'm excited about is what's coming down the pipeline. You know, I mean, Harlan, could you talk a, bit, a little bit about 2021? You know, and, and the things that are out well, there publicly now. 
Yeah, actually, it's a good. I'm glad you brought that. You said coming down the pipeline. So we just uh, restarted building. You know, we had the virus and all that situation. So we're happy the plant's up and running again, and we're starting to build the 2020 Corvette coupes with the removable roof. And then, uh, and then the this summer, we're starting the convertible with a retractable hardtop, which we've never had before. You know, about 16 seconds, up to 30 miles an hour. Um, starts at 67, 495. Closest competitors to that, only people that make uh, mid-engine retractable hardtop supercars are McLaren and Ferrari, basically three or four times the price of ours. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and let me tell you something, that car in person, and pictures don't do it justice. I saw the orange one you guys had at the Chicago Auto Show. I mean, the thing is dropped dead gorgeous. Yeah. You know, and it's like it made like I was standing back because we had a bunch of the cars from the lost Corvettes there. We had uh, six or seven of them there. And when I went to the, you know, the Chevy, you know, uh, booth, it just it was so exciting to see like six, seven, eight people deep around that car just going bananas. I mean, that was the car of the show by a mile, you know, because yeah. I think, you know, I hate to keep harping on the affordability thing, but it's like. You know, now people like go, wow, you know what? Not only can I dream about this car, I can afford it. You know, right. your average Joe can buy this car. You know, I've had, which is I've had people say that even with the roof up, you know, as a coupe, they like it as much as the coupe, you know, with the, with the top up on a convertible. And of course, you got the top down. And the nice thing about it, I like to drive Corvettes, you know, all over the country and go on trips. You know, it doesn't take away um, any of the uh, the trunk space of the car. You have two trunks, so you can go on a trip. You want no. to drop the top. You don't have to rearrange anything or put up partitions or anything like that. You just push the button, and again, up to 30 miles an hour and go. It makes it a great all-around travel car as well as a great sports car. You know, meets the same uh, strength requirements as the coupe, the coupe and yep. you can take it on the track and use it just like you could the coupe in any situation and you know, again zero to 60 under three seconds that's an awesome it's performer two eight two nine i mean that's 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 off the charts it's often it's ridiculous you know and what i think what c8 has done is it's brought awareness to all corvettes it, when you look at like barrett jackson and sean you can speak about this like what the last c7 brought what the first c8 brought i mean crazy numbers yeah, the, the last C7, yeah, the last C7 sold in um, uh, Connecticut last year, $2.7 million for the last built C7. And we turned right around in Scottsdale and sold the first retail C8 for $3 million. So it's, it's I mean, it's definitely bringing interest. And that money went to charity. Yeah, yeah. One of the charities, you know, from Connecticut with the Stephen Siller Foundation there, a fantastic charity, does a, a great job there in New York. And uh, we were absolutely honored to partner up with them. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the Lost Corvettes, we partnered up with the National Guard Educational Foundation. And, you know, we, look, we, I don't think we're going to get $3 million for a car, you know, donations. But you know what? These 36 cars are gorgeous. You know, just out of curiosity, I mean, What's your favorite, you know, of the older Corvettes? Which ones do you like? Um, that's a good question. You know, I, when I was watching the shows, and I had watched some of them already, but I was re-watching some of them. And don't take this the wrong way, but you're kind of, I, I kind of totally identify with you. Like, each show starts off, you're like, oh, that's my favorite year. No, wait, this one's <laughs> know, my favorite. <laughs> and I feel you the same what? way. <laughs> I, it, it's so true, though. 
Yeah, like, you know, so on the show, you know, I on the show, I, I said I really liked that 56. So it was with, this, with the Seinfeld show, A Beautiful Color. Um, I love the 69, obviously. That's a great car. Um, me growing up, um, I remember the one that really, you know, my age when I was growing up, the one that really solidified Corvette to me was actually the 84 when I saw that, you know, um, I was in college. And when that the uh, or teenager when the '84 came out, you know the Corvette had been you know kind of languishing for a while. You know we had the the tough years with the smog and everything, the controls and the horsepower was down. And then when the '84 came out, it was like wow, it's back. It's like a world class performer again that could take on the European cars. And that's you're right. That was like we're back. Yeah, mine was 63 split window all the way. It was it was my aspirational car in high school and college. Got to drive them, never owned one, but still it's it's my fave. It, up until the C8, which I think is fantastic. C7 was great, but 63 split window from the old timers is my favorite easily. Now, and you know what, what's interesting is you think about like how C8 looks so completely different from everything every other vet ever made. You know what? You, the same could be said for the 63, you know, split window coupe. Oh, yeah. That thing came out in 63. I remember people saying, say, I mean, I was born in 65, but like my dad and other people tell me when that car came out and you saw that in the road, it was like a spaceship. Mm-hmm. You know, Larry Schnode and crew that, that, that designed that car did a fantastic job. Well, and that, that's a good point. Like, Sean, you brought that up. The 63, for a lot of people, if you did a poll, that would probably be the number one classic Corvette for a lot of people was the, as the big change. That's what we really wanted to do with the 2020 for, you know, people of all ages, but especially the new generation to have that moment like they had in 63 where this was a clear departure from the past. Still a Corvette, but something that's all new and a new, something that's designed. You look at at it and say somebody said well this is a this is a game changer this is something that i've never seen before and that's really what we wanted with the 2020. recently i was with a buddy of mine driving one of my cars and he said oh that's a newer corvette he goes you know he goes and he, we pulled up and then he goes wow he goes that looks like a ferrari he goes that you know he goes that car looks great and i said you know what they finished with that car they're coming out and he's like they're finished with it i go yeah i go it's done they, you know they had their run and now the next generation is coming out and i think when C8's more available because you've only built a few cars because of the strike and because of COVID, you know. Right. Um, when you start seeing that more frequently on the road, I think people are going to flip out. I think they're going to be blown away. Yeah, I mean, people, people are just, just, you see that on the forum, people are like, oh, on the Corvette forum, or, or so, I just saw my first one in real life. You know, it's like a moment that people have for the first time they see it on the street. Because you said that before, you can see it in pictures, you can see it. When you see that car in real it's life, it's, a, it's striking. It's so striking. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really, it's stunning. You know, it's, I mean, I know it, it, this is a Corvette love fest and you got the right guys on, on, you know, on this podcast, but what, what can I say? I mean, look, there've been certain years that I wasn't crazy about, you know, I mean, there was some years that, I mean, look, I love all Corvettes. I'm in the business, but some are more special than others. But this thing, it's like, what do you knock on it? There's nothing to say negative about it. And, you know, I know we, you know, there's nothing out there, you know, uh, from corporate yet, but there are a lot of rumors flying around about, you know, Z06, ZR1, potentially Zora. You start hearing things like, you know, all wheel drive and all these crazy things and, you know, a thousand horsepower. It's like, my God, it is unbelievable. I can't wait. Well, that's, that's one of the reasons, um, you, you know, you look at the future, you know, future is bright, obviously, but to go to the mid engine architecture and platform. We started to look at 
way back that, you know, as you keep adding horsepower to the car, you know, I had the ZR1, you know, pre like 2019 ZR1, great car, you know, and, but you start to get to the point where you get, you get more horsepower, it gets tougher and tougher to get more performance. The power down. So get the power down, exactly. So the rear weight bias or weight distribution, you know, we did studies a while back with Pat Miller, you know, it showed as you get more weight distribution, it helps you to 60, quarter mile, Nürburgring lap times, everything uh, improves. And that's a testament to the to this new car, you know, we're not the highest horsepower we've ever had, you know, the 495, but we got the, the best zero to 60 you know time all, we've ever had. Right. The performance is equal to the ZRO with 755 horsepower right. from the last generation. I mean, you know, it's, that's when you start saying like, where do you go from here? If your base model is doing zero to 60 and 2829, you know, it's only going to get better. So, really right. so, we, so, so the goal was really to combine things about that we saw in the mid-engine exotic supercars, the dream cars that a lot of people had, like you mentioned, the Ferraris and McLarens, Bugattis, Lamborghini, you know, all these ex hyper expensive cars. With this architecture, you get the steering feel, you get the lighter front, the car quick steers really quick, you get the visibility, you know, the, the lower hood, the lower cowl, a uh, lower windshield, base of windshield, uh, you can see really, really well. Uh, the center of gravity of the car is around your body now. You know, where before it was around your knees. So when you steer the car, it mm -hmm. just makes the car a lot much more fun to drive. But we wanted to keep things that people loved about Corvette. Of course, you keep mentioning the, the attainability or the pricing. The V8, small block V8, which is our heritage. Everybody loves, of course. Uh, the Corvette, able, easier to service, easier to travel with, you know, good cargo space, removable roof panel, convertibles all this kind of stuff. And that was really the challenge to, to take best of Corvette as we knew it and the best of exotic mid-engine supercars and make the ultimate sports car. Yeah, you, you know, know Chris, guys, Chris, I wanted to add too, you know, I've been very, very lucky because I, I also oversee the Ron Fellows Performance Driving School out at Spring Mountain, which comes with the purchase of every new uh, Corvette, new C8. And we uh, had the very rough assignment of having to get some miles on the cars very quickly. So we, <laughs> we had to do a cross-country uh, gumball rally. Um, and I got to tell you, the, 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 it, it's phenomenal. The ride and handling on that car, C7 was great. This is, it's not better, it's, it's different. I mean, the, the cockpit being closer, like Harlan said, the center of gravity. And, and I got to tell you one thing, pulling into a gas station with four or five of us, I, I now know what it's like to be a rock star. I, I tell you, it was a fantastic, but to drive 2,300 miles in two and a half days in a, in a car and get out of it and, and just feel refreshed, and, and it was fantastic. It, it just, it was ergonomically, it's fantastic. Yeah, well, listen, if you ever can't do it, I'll, I'll be happy to, you know, take your, your place and drive it across country. You know, and those are the types of things that you can't tell from looking at until you drive a car because you're right some cars look great they perform but they beat you up you get out of the car right. you feel tired you know that type of thing and even like you're talking about the steering field unless you drive the car you can't tell that because you know steering over the years has changed it's you know the way it, the feel is it's i talk about that all the time with my car buddies you know the feel is key so when you're saying like it doesn't beat you up you feel refreshed i mean for a car that has that performance that's amazing Yep. Those two things usually don't go together. It's yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of people in the company were scared. I mean, this goes back, this mid-engine saga, I, I did a presentation back in 2005 proposing 
that we should consider that because nobody was really looking at it anymore. You know, I just read Jerry Burton's book on Zora, which is a great book and got inspired, you know, and, and again, growing up seeing the four rotor Corvette and the Corvette Indy, I always thought that was the destiny of Corvette. So, but a lot of people Me were too. scared. We were, we were going to do this exotic, you know, $200,000 car with no space, cramped, you know, hard to drive. You know, everybody was scared of that. And the proposal, I think, that, that got this going was taking the attributes, like you mentioned, about Corvette, about being the, the cross-country drive tour and, and comfortable to be in and comfortable to ride, but and add the mid-engine attributes to that to create a new type of car. I think that's what really got us over dead, dead centered. You know, we started putting some packages together. The straight foot box was important. All those cars had where you were, your feet were angled, you know, with the front wheelhouse in your wet. And there was a lot of, um, you know, those cars were cool. Like, you know, you think about the old Lamborghini Countaches and, and the, and the, yeah, they weren't comfortable to drive. Right, right. They weren't, <laughs> that, good, but they're just cool to look thing. at. And that's what we did. We made it, a car that had best of both worlds. You really didn't. And I think another thing that's very, very important to point out, you know, I expected the 2021 car to have a higher MSRP and you kept it the same. Right. That's, that's despite, oh, yeah. so you getting, know what I mean? Getting back to what you were asking me before, I never got to it. Yeah. The, uh, on the 21. So what we announced uh, recently at the Corvette Museum at their bash event, uh, we did a virtual presentation, but we announced we're extending the 20 model year into the fall to try to get as many of those because people have orders that are waiting we want to try to build as many of those as we can uh and then in the fall of 21 but we did announce a few things like you said the pricing uh because some people may not be able to get their 20 and they're going to have to you know transition change their order to a 21 so we want we want maintain the base pricing of the car and um the other thing we did we announced um a couple new colors uh, we have a color called uh, Red Mist. You know, when you're driving a car really hard, you're named after that when you're driving a car, you know, hard on the track. Uh, it's a new uh, tint coat red color, replacing the Long Beach red, and a new uh, silver flare, new silver color, replacing the blade silver. It's been out quite a long time, came out in 09. So it's a new modern, uh, you know, bright silver uh, color for the car. So we introduced that. And we also, the only thing we introduced we, as a new uh, chassis package, uh, magnetic ride control, which for 20, requires without Z51. You can get Z51, it now without yeah, Z51. Yeah. A lot of people have asked which for is, that. That's great. You know, and you you guys really listen, you know, to your customers. And I, I think the fact that you kept, you know, the price the same is really speaks volumes about the company. That's a big deal. You know, I think, I, I think most people don't understand what kind of numbers you're talking about. I, I have heard, you know, that there were 35 to 40,000 orders for 2020s and you guys had to stop it and you're going to try to build all those cars, you know, in the sports car hobby. I mean, those numbers are incredible. You know, nobody's selling, you know, it's like, I, I think the accurate NSX is a very nice looking car. What do they sell? 2000 cars a year. Oh, not even, not even. Yeah. They're in the hundreds. Yeah. A few hundreds. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really, it's really. Yeah, we were amazing talking about time. this 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 year. Unfortunately, with everything you mentioned, the things we had to deal with this year, I, I was telling somebody, you know, as great as Zora was, he never had to deal with this kind of stuff. You know, no. so uh, no. <laughs> we really, you know, to happen right in our launch has been really, you know, launching the car has been tough. And I know, 
uh, customers want their cars. It's, they've been very patient, you know, and uh, and sometimes we haven't been, you know, haven't been able to tell you. We didn't know, you know, we don't really know what's what was going to happen. But now we're starting to get our handle on what we can do, and um, it is exciting to see you know, hear from people actually who have their cars, real customers and see them and the excitement that they have and telling the stories like Sean was saying about when they go to the gas, they, you got to allow extra time. You go to a gas station, you go to a store, <laughs> you got to answer, you got a half hour, you got to answer all the questions. Absolutely. That's great. And, you know, and look at the, and look at it too. People are so passionate about this car. Look at the Ford supercar. People buy that car at substantially higher numbers to sell. People are buying this car to drive. Right, the GT is a beautiful car. Don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. four or five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. And very, and, and we know several people so, who have them. They have both, and they buy the GT to park it in the garage, and they drive. You know, and the and the Corvette is because of the performance. It's by far their favorite car to drive. It's oh, yeah, even uh, with it, everything it, it, that's it, happened, we've made way more cars already than they've had in the four or five years. They've yeah. been out. Uh, I mean. I've, yeah, because you know, people like you said, people can afford it and they can use it. And 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 like Sean was saying, I talked to and you mentioned I talked to a bunch of Ferrari people who own Ferraris and other high-end sports cars, and they're buying the Corvette to drive, which makes me happy. This is going to be the one they actually drive. You cannot not consider this car now. It's a real player. It is, in my opinion, it's the first mass-produced supercar. That's the truth. Right. Right, that was the goal, could, exactly. That car, you could put up against any other car in the world right now. It'll hold its own. And, and we're talking about in base form. And you know, That's why I get really excited about the stuff coming down the pipeline. So I want to change gears for a sec and just talk about, you know, the Chevrolet brand overall. Is it, you know, there's a big push now getting out of cars and more the SUVs and, you know, and things like that, which... Look, I appreciate everything. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of the brand, as you guys know. I hate to see, like, you know, certain cars go, like, you know, the Apala's dead, the Cruiser's dead. I know the Malibu's on, on the chopping block. So, and I'll ask this question to both of you guys. Do you think this is, like, a permanent thing or it's kind of cyclical? Because, like, I'm a car guy. And, you know, like, I like to drive a car. You know, I, SUVs are fine, but it's not my thing. So do you see it ever coming kind of back or do you think this is it? Well, I'll say I'm a car guy too. I'm with you. I mean, I love, I love, car, I mean, I've always been a sports car guy, but I love cars. And I, I think things are cyclical, like you're saying. I mean, now the, the hot ticket is the crossover. You know, you get the benefits of yep. a car and the benefits of a sport utility in one. And yes. that's really the, the hot thing. And, and that's the trend now, you know, but, uh, you know, thing, things come and, and, uh, and change, you know, so, I think that's the thing about Chevrolet. We've always responded to what's going on in the world and, uh, and trying to make, you know, a wide range of cars and trucks and sport utilities. You know, you think about Chevy, everything from Sparks to Silverado, Suburbans, to Corvettes, Camaro, we make everything. So I think my view is Chevrolet, we're going to continue to do that. And, and, and it's going to be, whether we had the Volt, and then now we have the Volt EV electric. So we're going to have electric. We're going to have, uh, you know, internal combustion engines from four cylinders, three cylinders, six cylinders, eight cylinder. We have it. All, we, we're really going to cover all the bases. That is, is what is is what I would hope that we would do going forward. Yeah, and, and look and at the longevity. Say, look at the longevity of the bow tie too. I mean, a lot of people don't know the longest running nameplate 
in history is a suburban, you know, right. like, and it's, yeah. and it's not even close. And, you know, it's, it's well, uh, 85, 86, it might even be a little bit higher than that now, straight years. So it, it's a great, you know, Chevy. Been a great, yeah. Yeah. I think it's 85, 86, you know, so, you know, Chevy does a fantastic job in covering the spectrum. And you know what? The product line is really like, you know, it's gorgeous. The cars look great. I mean, driving out to the islands today, I was next to a new Camaro. And I got to tell you, I mean, the car is so nice. You know, and I know, you know, there's talk about a, a refresh on that. I think it got pushed back a couple of years. But even like that car, you know, the price points, I mean, think about the performance for that car now. It's really a great car, too. Yeah, we came out with the LT1 Camaro, which is like the most right. affordable V8 you can buy right. pretty much. And I thought that was and a I great thing for that, enthusiasts. That, that moniker back. Yeah. I mean, I like, yeah. you know, retro name. And you know what? That car is a steal for the money. Oh, absolutely. And one of you guys do to redo the, the Camaro, like an overall, you know, like overall, the next gen. How many years out is that? Well, again, you know, like I said, haven't really announced anything relative to that but you know like we did a lot for 20 like you mentioned the the lt1 model uh we have a special edition with the shock and steel if you have the different colors uh we added the 10 speed to the one le's uh zl1 which is a great performance car in its own right you know a world beater in itself and then on the on the other end, we have the LS. You know, the Camaro is, is the least expensive of the of the big three. We call it, you know, yep. sports cars with, yep. between the, the Challenger and the Mustang and Camaro. Yep. So we have the we have the the, the that covered. And they just did a comparison. Car and Driver put the uh, ZL1 against the new Mustang GT500 and the uh, Hell the Hellcat. Hellcat. Much much more expensive cars. And they, they picked the Camaro as their favorite. They said it was the best all around. So that's it's still. Because, listen, because it drives better. If you read every you know review of those cars, they, people just like the way that car feels better. It's dialed in. It's more of a true sports car than the others, the way the chassis is developed. And it's really designed more for performance. Well, you so you look at Chevy about. performance. I'm with you. I always loved Chevy my whole life. When I was growing up, my dad did a lot of, he was into European cars, Porsches and stuff, but he would do, get, go, go to Europe and bring me back these, uh, this card game that had all these sports cars on it. The, and they had the flags from where they were from. The only one it, that they would have with an American flag on it was the Corvette. And that became, I thought that was cool. That even in Europe, they thought the Corvette was cool. The only American car they would usually include. And that became my favorite car when I was a little kid because of that same thing with me you know so my dad uh, you know worked for chevrolet a dealer a couple deals as a kid you know and first new car was a 58 bel air 348 tri-power three speed on the column with a 355 posi because posi was available for the first full year in 58 and the thing was an animal and that's all i heard was about that car and then he had a 64 impala ss and, and you know seven other chevys after that so i grew up in a household it was all about chevy and then when i was very very young you know, I saw my first Corvette, asked my dad what it was, and then I was hooked. And by the time I was like six or seven, I could name every year Corvette on the road. And I'd love to get in the car with my dad and go to work with him. He, you know, we lived in Long Island and his commute was to Queens. And I would just, I'd pick out, I'd wait to find vets and get up next to him and see if they had a big block hood, a small block hood, you know, and say, oh, it's this oh, year, yeah. it's that year. 
and it's it's been like that ever since. You know, the love for that car has, has never changed. You know, it's 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 really. My family's had a love affair with Chevrolet, and I just Corvette is it for me. You know, now I'm fortunate if I have this shop where all okay. we do is work on vets and muscle cars. We have 40 vets in this shop. You know, now it's just I'm in heaven. I'm sure you guys feel the same about your jobs. You got killer jobs. No, to totally agree. And and that's the cool thing about the new Corvette is that even though it's so new, it keeps the values that people loved about Corvette. You know that you that you were well, talking about. So true. And you know, when you talk about value, it's like how about the fact that you go on the internet and try to find one, they're all over a hundred and something thousand dollars. I mean, that tells you the demand for this car, that people are willing to pay significantly above sticker to have one because they can't get one. My hat's off to yeah. you guys. Yeah, I talked to a friend, a uh, mutual friend of mine and Sean's, uh, Harvey Gluck. He's had 76 Corvettes in his lifetime he's bought. But he, but he turns them, he buys them, and then he usually has one or two a year. But he was, he has the new 2020 eighth gen and he and down in Florida. And he told me somebody offered him whatever you paid plus 25 grand, I'll give it to you right now. And you know what he said, he said, I thought about it for a second. He goes, you know what? I don't want to sell it. He goes, I love it. He goes, I wouldn't give it. I wouldn't even, even though I know I, I have, he has got a convertible coming, you know, in a few months, mm -hmm. he still didn't want, he says, I wouldn't want to give up a day driving it. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's a, that's a great story. And again, speaks volumes about how people feel about this particular car. I mean, really, you guys did an amazing job. And uh, I, I so appreciate you doing the podcast with me today. It was, it was great to have you on. I'd love to have you back on again to talk about more stuff. You know, maybe when you have more information about the upcoming models, you know, the future stuff, you can come back on. We can talk about that. Yeah, I'd be happy to come back anytime. I mean, I really enjoy you, your show, and talking to you. So appreciate well, it. Thanks. You guys are good guys. All right, everybody. It's uh, another episode of Lost Corvettes podcast. Uh, great to have you guys on. And guys, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thank Our you. pleasure. Thanks for having us.